Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be talking about my week number four running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside of today's video, we're going to be going over every single matchup from Thursday night football all the way up until Monday night and I'll tell you whether I like or dislike the running backs in every single game. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure they do leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy and if you want to check out my weekly rankings that are coming out very soon as well as getting an answer to any questions you guys may have check out the patreon link in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents so without further ado let's get into my week number four running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with Thursday Night Football, the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Now, Jameer Gibbs had his first ever true go at things in week number three up against the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, Gibbs was active in week one and in week two and played pretty decent, but week three up against the Falcons was when he was given his true opportunity because David Montgomery did not play. I also expect David Montgomery to be out in week number four up against the Packers. It would be kind of crazy based upon what I read about the injury if he suited up on a Thursday night football game. Maybe if it was on Sunday, there was a prayer to the football gods that may be answered and David Montgomery might be able to play. But even if the game was on Sunday, I really don't think David Montgomery would be out there. So Gibbs looked pretty good in his first start without Montgomery. 17 carries for 80 yards, two targets, which turned into zero receptions and obviously zero receiving yards, but that was fine with me, right? I obviously expected a little bit better, and I think the whole Detroit Lions team, they win 20-6, to right, against the Falcons, so not a bad game by them by any means, right? They coast a victory. At no point did it really even feel like the Falcons were within striking distance. It felt like it was over for a while. The Falcons just could not get it up. They needed a Viagra or a Cialis. But what I will say is if I was a Lions fan or if I was Dan Campbell, I'd probably say that there was some things we want to get back, right? There could have been a much higher point total, in my opinion, on the board for the Detroit Lions. So again, solid game out of Jameer Gibbs. He gets a matchup here that kind of scares me if I'm being honest with you, right? I think the Green Bay Packers have a pretty good defense. So do I think Jameer Gibbs is a lock to finish top 12 this week? No, but I think up against the Packers, given how much volume he will receive, he'll be getting probably close to 20 carries, might see even more targets. I think he's probably a lock to get four or five targets in this game. He should be just fine, so he's definitely start worthy, but I think his best game of the season is ahead of him at this point, right? On Thursday Night Football, up against the Packers, this just doesn't feel like the game where Jameer Gibbs goes nuclear. Now, Jameer Gibbs can do a lot with very little, right? The guy is incredibly speedy. He's like fucking Lightning McQueen, right? He can take off at any point, but the matchup does concern me enough not to go fully crazy and say that Jameer Gibbs is a lock to be a top 12 running back on the week. Could he be? 100%, but I don't think he's a lock to do so because this Packers defense is definitely solid. A.A. Ron Jones for the Green Bay Packers was a limited participant in practice on Monday. He missed the last two weeks with a hammy injury after going bananas in week one, running back one on the week. Now, last week in week number three, it really felt like 
Aaron Jones was going to play. In week two, it was kind of the writing was on the wall, right? Jones probably not going to play. We get to Sunday. He's out. It's like, yeah, we kind of saw that coming. Week three, it really felt like a lot of the reports were leaning towards, hey, Aaron Jones is going to play in this game. Ultimately, he doesn't. Maybe just to put him on ice for this game in week number four, Thursday night football up against the Lions. Now, the Packers probably should have lost that game against the Saints, but Derek Carr comes back and Jordan, love me tender, love me sweet, wins the game. Congrats to the Packers. But that was a great game from the Packers offense, but I think they bounce back here up against a not-so-hot Lions defense, and if Aaron Jones does end up playing, I think he could be the RB1 on the week. Craig Reynolds is the running back two behind Jameer Gibbs. Again, I would see, or I would say that's basically virtually impossible that David Montgomery ends up playing, so Craig Reynolds is a sit. A.J. Dillon. I fell into almost a trap two weeks in a row. I'm not gonna lie. I genuinely think virgins are better at hitting the hole compared to A.J. Dillon. This guy fucking sucks. If he didn't have quads the size of baseball bats or not even like an actual baseball bat, you know that baseball bat used when you were a kid where it had like the thick barrel and you would smash the wiffle ball with it? That kind of thing, right? His thighs were made by the Greek people who would construct those statues of Greek gods, right? He has Greek god level Quads, but at the end of the day, quads don't equal fantasy points. Again, A.J. Dillon can't hit a fucking hole to save his life, even if Aaron Jones misses. And even if I think the Lions defense is no bueno, they're bad. Bad news bears. I am not starting A.J. Dillon. Second game here, we move to London, the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I have a lot to say about the Jaguars, but first, we'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this game is in London, and you can actually show your friends who are stupid and draft kickers in, like, the fifth round of your fantasy league what football actually looks like. Because, you know, those people don't watch the games. They can watch the Toy Story cast on Disney. You can watch the game animated Toy Story style. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm interested in that. I got two TVs. One of them, I'm watching that shit animated style like Toy Story. On the other one, I'll watch the real game. I don't want to watch the Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. This matchup reeks to high heaven. The Jaguars look terrible. They need to figure it out this week. Week one in the first half, they look amazing. It's like, oh, maybe it's the Jaguars year to win the Super Bowl. And then the second half, limp dick. Second game, terrible. Third game, terrible yet again. Figure it out. But my problem with the Jags truly figuring things out is this would be the matchup to do it right against Atlanta. Get right game. The problem is this game is in London. It's not in Jacksonville. We know how these London games go, especially when Jacksonville are in them. This is going to be close, even if it shouldn't be. So with that said, ETN, despite the Jags being really, they're on the struggle bus. In week three against Houston, again, they got bent over a table by C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. They got torched, eviscerated. There were plays where Tank Dell was wide open, butt naked open, right? The defense was abysmal. The offense didn't look great either. ETN was still the running back nine on the week, though. But it is important to note that ETN may be on the verge of getting cucked on the goal line every week by Tank Bigsby. Tank has gotten touches in two games, week one and week three. In both those games, he has scored. So again, while ETN has been just fine, right? He's going to keep coasting. 
And I don't even think Tank Bigsby, based upon how good ETN has looked, is going to really cut into the pie of ETN's workload. When they get on the goal line, you might be shit out of luck if you're ETN trying to get a touchdown. So ETN, still starting them, still very confident in them, right? Must start running back. But I'm a little worried about the Jags, and it is going to suck if his goal line upside does get completely stolen by Bigsby. Bijan Robinson had his worst game of his NFL career last week against the Lions. But am I panicking? No. Not even panicking in the slightest. This is still a team that loves to run the rock at a very high rate. Bijan Robinson is the running back one, and Bijan Robinson is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and the Jaguars defense sucks donkey hog. So Bijan Robinson will be just fine. Tyler Algier outside the top 40 running backs in back-to-back weeks. If he scores, you're probably going to be like, ah, maybe I should have started him. Either way, though, you're probably going to feel just fine if you sit him. His carries were cut in half last week. Now, maybe that's just because the Falcons fell so out of favor. Or maybe it's because they want to give the ball more, the ball? The ball more to B. John Robinson. Hopefully, it's the latter. But more likely, it's just the fact that they were getting, they were getting torched there by their opponent, the Lions, and things just got out of hand. So Bijan, he's bouncing back. ETN should be just fine. But again, the Jaguars scare me. I wish this was in America because then maybe the Jaguars would have a big bounce back spot. Moving now to the real Sunday slate, a heavyweight matchup, John Jones versus Francis Ngannou, a Mike Tyson pay-per-view event, Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Dolphins fan that is inside of me, Pause, you know, I'm the Dolphins fan inside of me. I'm inside of me, like fucking Andre from the league. The Dolphins are going to kick the shit out of the Buffalo Bills. That's what I think personally, right? As a Dolphins fan, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to get ran out of Buffalo. They are going to get bent over a table, the one that they light on fire and they jump through, right? We're going to bend them over that table. We are going to destroy the Buffalo Bills. That's my opinion as a fan. Now. When we snap back to reality, like the Eminem song, this is going to be a close game. Heavyweight battle, sure, but this will be close. This is an in-division matchup. So again, while I deep down believe that the Dolphins are going to run train on the Buffalo Bills, I have to be honest in these videos, right? I can't put my bias in here. This will probably end up being close. Now, Raheem Mostert, top five running back in back-to-back weeks against New England and against the Denver Broncos that really had no defense. It was like 11 on zero. Uh, Running back, one on the season right now. The Dolphins' offense is a wagon. You either hop on or you get off, right? You need or you hop on or you don't get off, right? This ain't like the Oregon Trail, baby. You're not dying if you hop on this wagon. You're going to die if you don't get on the wagon because this Dolphins team is legit and they are here to stay. Raheem Mostert is a must-start running back weekly. I get this isn't the Denver Broncos defense. I get that, right? The Buffalo Bills defense has looked pretty good. But Raheem Mostert has scored four fucking touchdowns last week. He scored four touchdowns last week. You can't sit him. I don't care if he's going up against 85 Bears. This Dolphins offense has looked off the chain. And speaking of off the chain, we got Devin two chains, Devin a chain running back one last week. When given the opportunity, this man has been dominant like Giannis Antetokounmpo in the paint. The Bills will actually play defense. I do believe that, right? This isn't going to be a pushover matchup. So I think a chain will come down to earth. But while I'm not going to have a chain ranked super high, you really have the cojones to sit him. Because again, while this might be a tougher matchup, all it takes is Devin A. Chain to have one shake and bake, like he's in Talladega Nights, right? One move. 
he get the ball from the three-yard line and take that all the way to the other side, into the crib, touchdown, Darren Sharper, hold my dick, Marshawn Lynch style, right? That is all it takes. So again, I don't think he's going to be a top 12 running back this week, and I think he's definitely risky, but I'm willing to take that risk in such an elite offense. James Cook has been solid in back-to-back weeks, Michael Jordan 96-97. I do think the Dolphins' defense is sneaky good, but at the end of the day, the Dolphins' kryptonite, their Achilles heel, has been the rushing attack. And I know deep down, Cook's going to have a solid day. You just got to hope if you're a James Cook guy that James Cook scores, because if you look at the stat sheet, he looks good rushing receiving. He gets the rushing yards. He gets the receptions, the targets, the receiving yards. He just doesn't get any touchdowns. So if he scores a touchdown, he will finally be able to boost himself up into a position to be a top five running back weekly. The problem is they have Damian Harris, they have Latavius Murray, and they have a freak of nature, Josh Allen at quarterback who could just rush it in at any point. So again, while I love James Cook, his upside is definitely kind of like ETN cucked in a way by the fact that it feels very unlikely that he scores if they get close to the the red zone, right? If they're on the goal line, it's not going to James Cook. It's going to Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, or Josh Allen. The way you need James Cook to score is like how Devin A. Chain and Raheem Mostert were scoring last week, right? A 30-yard run just right into the end zone, right? And that's definitely possible because James Cook is that good. And the Dolphins' defense against the run is definitely suspect. Moving next to the Broncos versus the Bears, right? We just talked about probably the most exciting matchup of the week, probably the most exciting matchup of the next couple of weeks, to the battle of mid, the battle of the bottom of the barrel, the battle of garbage, the Denver Broncos at the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are a laughable disaster of a fucking franchise. This team has ruined Justin Fields. Now, I get there were Justin Fields detractors. I was a Justin Fields truther. But I genuinely think if the head coach was at least halfway competent, if he could rub two fucking brain cells together, if Matt Eberflus wasn't a certified stooge, Justin Fields wouldn't be absolute dog shit like he is right now. The Bears defense is terrible. I know the Broncos just got torched. The Broncos just got annihilated. They did. The offense doesn't look that bad, though. Javante Williams continues to look good. Now, he hasn't had the greatest fantasy days just yet, and I'm still waiting on a ramp up of touches. But even if he gets just 12 carries and a few targets, that should do the trick to be start worthy up against the Bears. That again, freak to high heaven. Samaje Pirine for the Denver Broncos has barely seen any work outside of week one. Normally, Sean Payton's forte is, hey, we give two guys the rock, right? under running back by committee, and they both end up being pretty good for fantasy. But this year, Samaj P. Ryan has really been nowhere to be found except for week one. Now, Khalil Herbert, I'm a Khalil Herbert guy. I love Khalil Herbert. I was going to bat for Khalil Herbert all offseason. I thought, you know what? You're getting the running back one on a run-heavy team, a team I think is going to be pretty decent late in drafts. Take that shot. I love Khalil Herbert. I still think Khalil Herbert's good. This team is just so bad that you can't start him. And Roshan is starting to look better than Herbert. But it does not matter at all. Zilch doesn't matter because the Bears offense is a complete and utter dumpster fire. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. Next game here, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. So for the Ravens here, I am saying you could start Justice Hill, but again, he is a bottom of the barrel start, right? If you're just scraping for a start worthy running back, you can play Justice Hill. Assuming that Gus Edwards misses with a concussion, if And if Justice Hill is good to go, because Justice Hill didn't play in week number three. If that is the case, Hill will be the lead back. 
So I would start him. But again, he's not an ideal start. If Gus and Justice Hill miss, since Hill's banged up, then they will use Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake. And there is no way I would be confident enough to start either of them. Now, if I had to guess, Hill and Gus don't play. I would go with Melvin Gordon. But again, both of these guys are in the afterlife of their NFL career, right? They might not know it yet, but uh, Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake are not good at all. So you had to start one, it would be Melvin Gordon. But again, not very much confident in that. So I just hope Justice Hill plays. Gus doesn't play. It makes this thing very easy. If Gus plays and Hill plays, I guess I'd play Gus. But again, this is a bottom of the barrel start. The Ravens offense might be good here. They might be percolating against the Browns. But again, I just don't trust it. This is This might be a four-headed backfield in week number four. So again, would I start them? Sure. Would I start Justice Hill? Sure. But am I screaming to the mountaintops that you need to start Justice Hill? No. That's why the Justice Hill part of this video is not very long. It's like a minute long. I've probably spent more time talking him down than I have talking about. So again, he's like a fringe start. Jerome Ford, though. Start this guy. Top seven running back in back-to-back -back weeks. Despite a really tough matchup, he found the end zone twice last week against the Titans. The Titans defense pass funnel. Very bad against the pass. Against the run, they're muy bueno. Very good. But Jerome Ford still stood tall. At this point, he really does feel like a must-start running back. Just saw Zach Moss. Want to talk about soon? I don't think Zach Moss is very good. He went nuclear against the Ravens, so I'm firing up Jerome Ford with supreme confidence. Kareem Hunt, he's going to be there, right? He's going to see the field, right? He's going to be on the field. He's going to touch the field a couple times. But it seems like Ford is their guy. There's a fucking reason why they got rid of Kareem Hunt. There is a reason why they got rid of Kareem Hunt. It's because they don't trust him to be on the field a bunch. Jerome Ford definitely looks better than Kareem Hunt at the age that Kareem Hunt is right now. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Atlanta Dons, the Tennessee Titans. But before we break this game down in depth at the running back position, as well as getting into the rest of the games here, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play the pick'em for the NFL in the whole entire universe. And Underdog has a great offer for you guys to today that I'm going to speak about in just a couple of seconds. First, I want you guys to understand how Underdog Pick'em works. For instance, we're going to be talking here about the Sunday London game. I believe that Bijan Robinson's going to bounce back after a poor performance last week, getting higher than 92 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And I also believe that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much better game than he's had over the last two weeks of the season so higher than 241 and a half passing yards the max bet on this is a thousand dollars for instance if we put in five dollars here and both picks hit we would get three times our entry fee if we want to do three picks we get six times four picks are 10 times and five picks are 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states that are on your screen right now, you can actually get a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. So if you deposit $500, they'll give you an additional $500. If you do $200, additional $200, $100, and additional $100, the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10. So again, if you are new, make sure you use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description for a first match deposit bonus up to $500. And if you have a gambling problem, make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Bengals at Titans. Now, Joe Mixon did look solid on Monday Night Football, but I don't think the Bengals are back. Sure, they beat the Rams, but it didn't feel like a, oh, 
There's the Bengals we've been waiting for. Oh, there's the Joe Shiesty we've been waiting for, right? Jamar Chase was eaten, right? He was at eating like a fucking fat kid at Thanksgiving. A lot of targets, a lot of receptions. Good game for him. But Burrow doesn't look that great. It looks like that injury is really hampering him. The Titans matchup is tough against the run. We just talked about that, right? They are very bad against the pass, but very good against the run. So am I going to sit Joe Mixon because of that? No, but would I just tout him to be like a top 12 lock? It's kind of like Jameer Gibbs, right? I worry about the matchup, but you're not sitting these guys. Uh, Derrick Henry, I'm worried. I'm worried. Now, for years, I faded Derrick Henry, and I was wrong. I was the buffoon that told you guys to not draft Derrick Henry, and I just end up with fucking high on the face, right? Pause. You get what I mean, though, right? I end up looking like a fool with your pants on your ground and the hat turned sideways. You know what I mean, right? But I do feel like we kind of get this every year with Henry. It takes a while. Once it gets real cold out, right? Once you walk outside and your nipples are fucking bricked up, right? Your nipples could cut through some diamonds. That's when Derrick Henry season, tractor Cedo season, begins. Problem here is the Titans offense is not good. And if the Titans can stay in this game, we should be happy with Derrick Henry as a top 14-ish running back. But if the Bengals get ahead and this one ends up getting ugly, then our king, Tractor Cito, the king, the wheels might be starting to fall off here. We're seeing a lot more Tajay Spears than I would like. It would take Henry going down, knock on wood, for Spears to be anywhere near fantasy relevant, like to where you would actually want to start him. But right now, I'm starting to panic on Henry again. I'm not sitting him by any means. But we need to hope the Titans offense really figures things out and starts playing more competitively because if they're in these games, we saw it early on in the season, they want to use Derrick Henry. It's just when the game gets out of hand, Derrick Henry basically is just fucked. Uh, Travion Williams is, is just the backup. who will see a couple snaps for the Bengals, so he's a sit. Next up, we got the LA Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I know some people might be mad in the comments. Nick, you told me to start Kyron Williams with supreme confidence. Nick, you told me about how Kyron Williams was so good at week one and two, and then I played him in week three, and he absolutely fucking sucked. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. It's me, Mickey Mouse, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. He had a bad game. Oh, no. I'm not panicking yet. No reason to panic, right? If he, he broke his fucking leg out there, was hobbling around like Greg Jennings at the end of that game against the Saints, Madden, if you know, you know, then sure, I'd be worried. But one down game isn't going to make me panic. They just got rid of Cam Akers. There is zero competition for Kyron Williams. Their competition is Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers. That man barely sees the field. And his name sounds like a male porn star. You really think Ronnie Rivers is taking the rock from Kyron Williams? The answer is, fuck no, baby. So I'm still starting Kyron with some confidence up against the Colts defense. Zach Moss, top 10 running back in back-to-back games. I never thought I would sing the praises of Zach Moss. Zach Moss was legitimately awful in Buffalo. I'm not even kidding. I thought he was terrible. I watched the games. He didn't look good. One bit. But what I will tell you is... In Indianapolis, he's like a reformed man, right? Something has changed. Maybe it's just that the Colts are committed to him, right? Because he got a gazillion touches last week for the Colts up against the Ravens, how they somehow beat the Ravens. But, you know, Zach Moss is very involved with Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew. I assume Anthony Richardson will be back this week, even if it's not, and it's Gardner Minshew. I'm still playing Zach Moss. I'm playing him. Again, I talk about this all the time. There are some bad players that catch fire during the season, 
and I am not sitting them. I use what is called the NBA Jam philosophy, right? In NBA Jam, you can get your player to be on fire. Right now, Zach Moss is on fire. You, in NBA Jam, pass the ball to the guy who's on fire. He does like 7,000 backflips and dunks it into the rim or into the hoop with zero contestion. Competition, I guess, right? They, they can't stop it. It's unstoppable, right? You're not fucking sitting Zach Moss. They're just not. The Rams defense also did not look good on Monday night football. Trey Sermon is now the backup because they cut Deion Jackson. Yikes. I saw an article where they were talking about Deion Jackson getting cut and they said NFL star Deion Jackson was cut. Or like, like how the fuck was this guy a star? Because he got one start? Get the fuck out of here. Next game, we got the Bucks at the Saints. A re re revenge game for famous Jameis Winston. Eat that W. Steal those fucking crabs. Saints, Bucks, no Derek Carr. Jameis Winston season. You want to know who else is, is here? Coming for blood. Alvin Kamara of the Saints. Now, he's yet to play this season. I have been in the offseason very negative towards Kamara because I thought, oh, Jamal Williams was going to look good and Kendrick Miller was going to look good. Well, guess what? Guess what? Um, Jamal Williams is hurt. He's on the IR. Guess what? Kendra Miller barely played until last week. So I'm playing Alvin Kamara. Some people might have him ranked in like the top eight. I don't think I'm going to do that. But we just saw the Bucks get absolutely butt-fucked by, by uh, DeAndre Swift. And Kenneth Gainwell was running well against them. So coming off that suspension, getting out the metaphorical NFL jail, I'm playing Alvin Kamara. Even if I was so negative about him in the offseason, we're in week four. And everything that I worried about didn't come true. So, Al Kamara time. Uh, Rashad White struggled against the Eagles. This is a guy that I'm willing to start this week. But based upon how he's looked this season, like, you need a way better matchup than the Saints defense to be like, okay, I need to lock Rashad White in, right? Can you play Rashad White? Yes. But he's not an upper echelon start. You need a bad defense for Rashad White to look effective against them. So, again, Rashad White is a start. You can start him, but he's not like an ideal start. I'd definitely rather play Alvin Kamara over him. Sean Tucker is White's backup, who just doesn't get enough work to even consider starting. And then Kendra Miller looked okay at best last week. I think he mixes in with Kamara. They do have similar skill sets. I think Kendra Miller's an interesting prospect, but he has yet to prove that he is a start-worthy asset. Next up, we got the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Commanders were looking legit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. And then they play the Bills and they get steamrolled. They get bukkake'd on by that defense. Sam Howell was seeing ghosts like his name was Sam Darnold. But could be a bounce back game. Or could be just another game where the commanders get dog walked. We'll see. Uh, Brian Robinson had a down game last week. First two weeks looks good. Should be really better this week. But on like I would say like the good ending of this week is like Brian Robinson RB 17, 18. The bad ending is like RB 32. So he's still star worthy, but the upside here is nowhere near as high as in other matchups. The Eagles defense really came to form last night up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. And I don't know what the Bucks were doing on the, their back is against the wall, right? They're on their own fucking like one or two yard line. Why are you handing the ball to Rashad White in the end zone? Like, how do you not realize that's going to be a safety? Uh, DeAndre Swift, 
went nuclear, not only in week two, also in week three, called this man Oppenheimer, over 130 yards in each contest. Please, Nick Sirianni, feed Swift the ball more. Thank you. Please. Please. And I'm sick and tired. I, I think, no, I don't have DeAndre Swift on my teams, but just watching the game, like I can feel for the DeAndre Swift owners, right? Drafted Swift. They believed in him. They play him. And they get to the goal line. Swift's looking all fine and dandy. And then they do that stupid butt push bullshit. It's getting annoying. It's unstoppable. It is unstoppable. Now, I'm not here to tell you that they need to remove that. I think they should. But if you're an Eagles fan, Nick, you fucking idiot. They need to include that. I get it, right? You're dominant with it. Go ahead. Keep doing it. If it was in the rules and the Dolphins could do that on every single one-yard line playing score, I would do it too. I would do it too. So not blaming you, but it is frustrating for DeAndre Swift owners. When Swift looks so good, they get to the one and then boom, Jalen Hurts is in the end zone. It's pretty frustrating. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I was just wrong about him. I'm going to call a spade a spade. This guy... This guy reeks to high heaven. Kenneth Gainwell uh, sees more work than I would like for Swift, but it felt like in the second half, right? Beginning of the game, Swift and Gainwell had the same amount of touches in the first half. Swift was averaging way more yards per carry. He was just looking way better. Eye test and on the stat sheet. And the second half was like, okay, maybe Sirianni read the stats. He was like, okay, let's give the rock to DeAndre Swift more. So again, Gainwell's still going to be there. He's still going to rear his ugly head. There's going to be whole drives where Swift is riding the pine, sitting on the bench, like the camera's going to pan over to him. And he's going to look a little mad, like a little frustrated, like, why am I not out there? It is what it is. We're just going to have to live with it. But Gainwell in deeper leagues, sure, you can start him. But again, with how good Swift looks, like it really does feel like we are inching closer and closer to Swift just being the workhorse back there. Next up, we move to the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. Oh, and three for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, and three. Now, Nick, the Panthers are also 0-3. I get it, but people had higher hopes for the Vikings. 0-3, you lost to Brandon Staley. You lost to a guy that practically tried to give you the game and you still lost. I think Jefferson and Hawkins had faked injuries in that game. I thought Jefferson. Now, this is the running back video. Nick, this is the running back video. I'm going to talk about it in the receiver video later. I thought Justin Jefferson was done for. Like, he's on the ground drinking fucking Gatorade. It's like, oh my gosh, what just happened to Jefferson? And then he's just up and fine. Crazy. Uh, so so Madison got the ref bailout special on his fumble. I don't know how that wasn't a fumble. Maybe I was just, I drank too many, had a couple too many drinks while I was chilling watching the game. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed. But I don't know how the fuck that wasn't a fumble. But the ref, so they bailed him out. Didn't look half bad. I'm going to be honest. He didn't look half bad in that game against the Chargers. Panthers defense ranks 31st against the run in DVOA. They are very bad. The second worst team against the run. So again, I get Nick, Madison kind of sucks. Madison sucks. I know. But against the 31st run defense via DVOA, I'm playing them. Not, not with a lot of confidence, but I'm playing them. Uh, Cam Akers is there. I assume he's going to be active. Wasn't active in week two, or not week two, week three, last week when he got traded to the team. It'll definitely cut into Madison's carry somewhat. It'll cut into the other backups, Ty Chandler, but Cam Akers hasn't really proved anything that he's going to just start over Madison. Uh, Miles Sanders looked... And last week at Seattle, but he scored, so he finished well. Also promising to see that he's gotten five or more targets in every game. He had nine targets last week against Seattle. If I was a Panthers fan, though, I would want to see more Chuba Hubbard. From what I've seen out of Hubbard, he actually looks good. But it feels like, at best, he's like a 10-touch guy. But again, that's at best. It seems like the downside is he gets like four touches in a game, right? A, a carry or a target, reception, right? I guess reception or carry, that's a touch. 
right? Might get four touches against the Vikings. Or maybe he touches the Vikings defense because they're awful. But again, Vikings defense is terrible. So again, while I've said all this shit about Miles Sanders, and while I've tried to make fun of him all offseason, while I still don't think he's really that good, and his stats haven't been good, he's getting enough touches, and they he probably somehow falls ass backwards into the end zone, even if it's the red rifle Andy Dalton under center. So again, these might be two of the most gross running backs in a game together that you will have to start, except for maybe the next game. But at least with this, these guys, it's like the matchups are good to where you want to start them. These next guys are, uh, they're starts, but it's like, dude, if you're starting any of these guys, your running back room is dead on arrival. And I'm someone that has to start Damian Pierce this week. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans. Najee Harris just had his best week ever of the season against the Raiders, but I wasn't good at all. Might have been his best, but it wasn't good. Now, he has a solid matchup against the run this week. Texans not the best against the run. But the problem is, Najee Harris himself isn't good at running. And it seems like Matt O'Connor as well as Mike Tomlin are starting to get tired of this bullshit. They're starting to use Jalen Warren more. So he's start-worthy, but not ideal. I know there's going to be people in the comments, Nick, why are you telling people to start Najee Harris? Because in some situations, you're going to have to start Najee Harris. But obviously, it's a back-against-the-wall, last-ditch effort type of scenario where you have to play him. Damian Pierce, hallelujah. Damian Pierce looked solid finally in week three. I knew he was good. I've been talking. I've been talking all that about him. Problem is, the matchup this week isn't the Jaguars. It's the Steelers. So again, just like Najee, he's a back-end start. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Najee might be the safer play, but I'd probably rather play Damian Pierce because at least Damian Pierce has an ounce, a lick of skill in him. Right? Like, if Damian Pierce sees an open hole, he's running through that thing, right? He's not like A.J. Dillon or Najee Harris. Najee Harris is on the struggle bus. Najee Harris looks bad. Jalen Warren has finished ahead of Najee in back-to-back weeks, but they don't give him the ball enough to trust him. Now, if they bench Najee Harris and they start giving the ball to Jalen Warren, I'm going to be singing the praises of Jalen Warren every week as a must-start running back. But right now, I can't start him. Yet some people may have to, though. Uh, Devin Singletary should be on waivers. He is uh, very bad. That's all I'm going to say about him. Next up, we got the Los Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Superchargers. Austin Eckler hasn't played since week one where he popped off at the party against the Dolphins as the RB2. But if I'm being honest with you, based upon what I've read about Eckler, now again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. It wouldn't be shocking at all if they sat him because guess what? Their bye week is in week five and then he'd be ready to rock up against Dallas in week six. And don't need Eckler to, to beat the Raiders based on how the Raiders look, especially if Jimmy Guap is uh, pussed and then we see Brian Hoyer play for the Raiders. So if Eckler plays though, magically I'm playing him. If he doesn't play, Nick, should we go with Joshua Kelly? I, I know he sucked the last two games, but... uh. Maybe this is his time that the, the, the Raiders defense is bad. I agree the Raiders defense is bad, but uh, they, they had a good matchup last week against the Vikings and Joshua Kelly was just terrible. I'm done with this guy. I can't do it unless Eckler softens up the D, pause, right? Unless Eckler's out there pounding the defense out, right? Softening them up for Kelly. Kelly's too soft to run without Eckler. He's scared. He's in his turtle shell. He averaged 1.1 yards per carry last week and that's rounding up. Closer to one. It was bad. He's bad. He's so bad. Unless Eckler comes back, 
you're not starting Kelly if Eckler's back, but your only chance of Kelly doing something is if Eckler's back. Now, now that I say this, now that I shit on this guy, he's going to dominate against the Raiders because the Raiders' defense is about as useful as wiping your ass with some fucking uh, poison ivy, but it's just... I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Best week yet in week three. But again, things weren't the best. Better than Najee, though. But uh, hopefully things are on the upswing for Jacobs. I still generally believe heavily in his talent. And I like the matchup against the Chargers. Not sure if I want Jimmy G to play or not based upon how bad he looked outside of week one. But again, Jimmy might be bad. But uh, Brian Hoyer's probably worse. So Josh Jacobs. I'm firing him up against the Chargers. I know things haven't been going too swimmingly for him. But... Maybe him not being at training camp and shit, maybe it takes a while to ramp up, and that's just the argument I'm going to go with right now because I still think Josh Jacobs has a lot of juice left in the tank. Next up, we got the Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys. We just talked about the Jameis Winston revenge game. Now we got Ezekiel Elliott revenge game. Zeke against the Cowboys in Jerry's World. Patriots at Cowboys. Tony Pollard. I have a lot to say about the Cardinals. And we're probably going to save it for the receiver video because that's where it's more important because Pollard actually, despite the fact that the uh, Cowboys got bent over a table there, the, the Cowboys look bad. Like Dak Prescott in the red zone literally was fucking playing with his eyes closed or something. He threw the ball to three defenders at the end of the game. Instead of Brandon Cooks, who wasn't open, there was three guys around him. He threw it to the other guys. He threw it to the other side. Uh, even though that happened, Pollard was still solid. He's a must-start weekly. I get this is not a this is not the ideal matchup against the Patriots, but we just saw Raheem Mostert gas them two weeks ago. Raheem Mostert is on the Dolphins. We like. I meant to say Ramondre Stevenson of the Patriots. Uh, he was down bad week three against the Jets. Down astronomical. 19 carries for 59 yards and four targets with one reception for three yards. He will bounce back. Uh, the Cowboys defense might be a little bit fraudulent without. Rayvon Diggs, which is, again, sucks that they lost Diggs, but a little shocking, in my opinion, how bad they looked in Arizona. Maybe they just got caught off guard. Maybe they come uh, home back to Jerry's World. The game was in Jerry's World last week, and they just kicked the shit out of the Patriots, right? That's definitely possible. But that run defense didn't look great against Connor, and I think Stevenson will get his. For some reason, the Cowboys, though they insist on, or not the Cowboys, the Patriots, I fucking wrote that wrong on the notes, the Patriots insist on giving Zeke the ball. I probably wrote Cowboys because I was talking about that last season. The Cowboys giving the ball to Zeke instead of Pollard made no fucking sense. The Patriots giving the ball to Zeke instead of Stevenson makes no fucking sense. But I would not put it past Billy B, Bill O'Brien, giving the rock to Zeke in the red zone. Like, oh, it's Stevenson time. Then boom, Zeke scores for the revenge game touchdown. It wouldn't shock me. But uh, stop giving the ball to Zeke because Ramondre is clearly way better. Rico Dowdle does appear to be the Dallas RB2. He did score last week. And again, he seems to be like the RB2 on the team ahead of Deuce Vaughn in terms of targets. But with Tony Pollard healthy, knock on wood, we don't root for injuries. I'm a Tony Pollard guy. Hope he stays healthy. You're never starting Rico Dowdle or Deuce Vaughn. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the 49ers. Again, the Cardinals riding high. They finally get a win. There's a world, a simulation, where the Cardinals are 3-0. They have been very competitive so far this season. Now, I think this is like the buzzsaw you run into, right? Ooh, you're looking a little frisky. You're looking good. And then you play the 49ers, and you get fucking sent to Middle Earth. But maybe the Cardinals play decent here. Again, it always feels gross to start James Conner, and I get this is a very tough matchup. So am I expecting what we saw last week, running back 9 on the season currently? No. But he wasn't struggling up against Dallas, which on paper would have been a tough matchup for Connor. So again, not going to be banging the drum aggressively, telling you must start James Connor. 
but he's looked good so far this season with Josh Dobbs under center. He's looked good in a suboptimal offense. So I'm going to start him again. The Niners might be the buzzsaw that just run him over, right? Just destroy him. Wouldn't be shocking at all. But I'm, I'm still going to go with Connor. Obviously, you're playing Christian McCaffrey, top seven running back in all three games, currently the running back two on the season. You didn't need me to tell you to start Christian McCaffrey for you to start him. He, he's one of the most obvious guys, obviously. Like, there's nothing to even say about him. And just me talking about it, there's nothing to say about him, has gone too long talking about Christian McCaffrey. Keontae Ingram appears to be the RB2 behind Connor, but he's not a guy that you need to even roster or play. Now, Elijah Mitchell actually saw his highest amount of touches last week against the Giants. Now, maybe that's because it was a good old-fashioned ass whooping, so they gave Elijah Mitchell more touches, and Mitchell actually looks good, and he, he seems like a skillful player, right? If something happens to Caffrey, knock on wood, then Mitchell could flourish, but CMC in there, like, there was a lot of talk in the offseason. Oh my god, they're gonna look to ramp down McCaffrey's touches. Not happening. It's not happening. Next up, we move to the Chiefs at the Jets, and I know, you waited all day for Sunday night! And you are going to get a battle of Zach the MILF Hunter Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes. How exciting, right? We just saw what the Chiefs did against the Bears. And I, for one, am tired of hearing about Taylor Swift. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. They even brought up Kelsey and Swift during the fucking Eagles game because DeAndre Swift is Swift. And oh my God, Jason Kelsey. I couldn't give less of a fuck who was in the crowd. Now I get... When the Chiefs are going hog wild on the Bears, there's nothing to talk about. Joe Taylor Swift screaming at the top of her lungs. Let's fucking go. All right, I don't hate Taylor Swift, but I'm tired of hearing about it. The Dolphins dropped their nuts on the Denver Broncos, scored 70 points, and all everyone's talking about is Taylor Swift. All right? I'm like the little brother here. Give us some fucking attention, okay? Isaiah Pacheco looked really good against the Bears. But again, I would look good against the Bears. 15 carries, 3 targets, 2 receptions, 16 receiving yards, and touchdown. You want to know who else looked good against the Bears? Jarek McKinnon, who scored twice last week. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was a top 24 back in Week 3. But this isn't the Bears' defense. This is the Jets. McKinnon, we all know, if you start him, he's a luck box type of player, like spinning the fucking mystery box in Call of Duty Zombies, right? You hit the mystery box, sometimes you get the fucking ballistic knife, sometimes you get the ray gun. Right? A lot of the time, Jarek McKinnon ends up with a pistol. Right? A lot of the time, he gets two points. But there's going to be the times where he gets the thunder gun. He goes crazy. And that's going to be a couple times this season. It's going to happen more towards the end of the season. So right now, McKinnon's on the bench. Clyde Everett is on the bench. Pacheco is a start. But again, he is a fringe start. A bottom-of-the-barrel start. Because, again, the Jets' defense does kind of scare me. And they just use so many running backs. Brees Hall, the Chiefs' defense, looks legit. And the Jets are just so bad that I can't start Brees Hall. Brees Hall is so fucking good. He's so good. But Aaron Rodgers getting hurt has ruined it. It has ruined all of the fun. It sucks. Because Brees Hall looked so good in week one. But they just can't give him the rock. Because they're down by a gazillion. And if it was to ever change, it's not going to happen against the Chiefs. Right? This is going to be hard to watch on television. People are going to turn this game off. It's going to be over before it even starts. Dalvin Cook? He's worse than Hall. So if we're not starting Brees fucking Hall, you're not starting Dalvin Cook. And to all the Jets fans, oh my god, Nick, you didn't get Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's going to go crazy in New York. All you have is Devin A-Chain and Raheem Mostert. They're so bad. Fuck my ass, pal, to the people who said that. Final game here. Monday night. Seahawks at Giants. 
Why the fuck are the Jets and Giants on prime time in the same exact week? Now I know. They couldn't have foreseen this happening. Why? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I wish they could flex games. Now again, I'm not like a Giants hater. I'm a Giants truther. But this pisses me off. I don't want to watch the Giants and the Jets on primetime. That's two shitty primetime games in a row. Hopefully Thursday night's good with the Lions and Packers. I have higher hopes for that one. I hope so. Kenneth Walker the third, slow week one. Looks sluggish, right? Like he's running in quicksand, right? Slow as molasses. But he picked it up over the last two weeks. Must start weekly option. And he's playing the Giants. You got to start him with supreme confidence. Zach Charbonnet has looked decent when he was given the rock. But if Walker continues playing well, Charbonnet just can't take over. It's just not possible. Uh, Matt Breida is a desperation start, right? Decent matchup against Seattle. But the Giants could just mess this up. Besides a game against the Cardinals, the Giants have been really, 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 really bad. Making me feel stupid. Uh, Gary Brightwell sounds like the backup running back on your NCAA football fucking franchise team. He sounds like you're playing quarterback in Road to Glory. You hand the ball off and it's Gary Brightwell and your quarterback was on Yale. And get it bright well. He's bright, so they put him on Yale, right? That's the type of running back we got here. He's a backup. If I'm not confident starting Brita, you're definitely not confident starting Gary Brightwell. Again, made up name. Sounds fake. Just like Ronnie Rivers. Thank you guys all so much for watching today's video. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my week four rankings coming soon, as well as getting a question answered, any of your questions answered on Patreon. It is $7.50 a month. I answer every single question on there and I post my rankings weekly, updated all the way through Sunday. So I love you guys all so much. Hope you all have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy! We'll be back later with the receiver starts hit video. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Good boy!